Welcome to the Good Mother, Bad Woman podcast, where we know how to be good mothers, but we might be bad women for different reasons. I'm your host, Stacia Caprice, a happy single mom of three girls. My youngest child has special needs. My blended family includes three daughters from three different dads, girl one divorce under my belt, nine living grandparents, two girlfriends, and a bonus mama who's helping me raise one of my daughters. The Lord bless me with a part-time nanny, and all 20 of us get along just fine. To those of us who are mothers, I think we love our kids just fine, but even though our kids are a big part of our lives, they're still only part of it, right? And that part of us that existed before and after kids, that woman inside is demanding to be heard without being labeled depressed, postpartum, or bad woman just because she did not disappear with her mommy job title. I'm not a doctor, coach, or psychologist. I'm just somebody navigating this life, girl, without the owner's manual, just like you. And today, we want to get into our feelings and perhaps convince you that single mothers are not too masculine. moms are not too masculine, okay? In our English language, words have actual meanings and they also have connotative meanings. Connotative meanings, as you know, is a secondary meaning of a word that is influenced by context or cultural emphasis, right? Slang words can be born from connotative meanings. So when people say that single moms are too masculine, you know, the adverb to, T-O-O, means excessive. Imagine being responsible for everything and being told you are excessive or doing too much, okay? An emotionally stable mother might ask, well, who else is going to do it then, okay? (laughs) Now, listen, there are um, different types of mothers, obviously, whether your mother was married or not, whether you are married or not, right? There's the ambivalent mothers or uh, the overprotective mothers, narcissistic, supportive mothers, emotionally distant mothers, just to name a few, right? And as a woman um, myself who is raising three very different human beings, you know, I'm coming to understand a new layer of my feminine power uh, by adding motherhood as an actual role versus having mothering characteristics simply be part of my psyche or my personality. Does that make sense? So like before I had kids, you know, I definitely had a portion of wisdom, patience, intuition that I was able to apply to myself or kind of serve as my internal mother. I read about that, right? Um, You know, when I was in my 20s in Chicago, I would apply those qualities between, you know, spirited conversations at my favorite bars to talking with people on the street with my church evangelism team, right? And sometimes in the same night, girl, please. (laughs) And men have their own power, right? Masculinity has its separate and equally necessary power, which we will discuss, right? But as we quickly kind of walk through this concept, I don't want to deny the fact that the masculine side of motherhood actually can be excessive to the point of abuse, right? Let's just give that disclaimer up front um, that we do realize that the type of abuse you may have suffered at the hands of your own mother has caused you to decide what type of person you're going to be, right? And are you going to pass along those same abusive measures to your own child or are you going to use them as a guide for delivering the complete opposite experience for your own children? Amen? Because listen, any power, whether it's physical, emotional, financial power, can be used as a weapon to terrorize or it can be seen as a heavy burden to constantly manage so that the people who are subject to your power are not crushed or injured underneath it. Amen. You have to decide what kind of person you're going to be. And sometimes you have to constantly commit and recommit yourself to it. Amen. 
But um, again, before we dig deeper into the concepts of, you know, masculinity and femininity, let's first sympathize and perhaps empathize with a hardworking single mother who did not plan for this to be her life, right? Who is probably being told by men and condescending women that she's too manly and just too much, all right? Okay, well, the next time someone refers to you as too masculine as a form of insult, please kindly let them know that they have simply mispronounced the term head of household. Because when you are solely responsible for protecting, providing, nurturing, and guiding, that makes you in charge, right? It makes you the leader. It makes you the one responsible for all of the consequences and you the creator of all the benefits and the perks, right? You are what the IRS refers to as the head of household on your taxes. You are what your children refer to as mommy, okay? Isn't it interesting how being in charge, there's no one who instinctively confuses you for daddy in that space. And listen, that doesn't take away from daddy being the head of household at his house when the kids have to go over there. But it is evidence to the claim that leadership is a position and not a gender or even a gender based quality. And again, we're not only discussing single mother's masculinity as it relates to dating men. Um, but also kind of the social stigma or internal stigma that says, even though a single mom is doing everything for everybody, that she is still somehow doing it all wrong because she can't do it gentle enough or whatever that means, right? <laughs> Girl, listen, I reposted this hilarious meme and it said, uh, I wish Old Spice catered to women. You know, I'm tired of smelling like baby powder and gentle breezes. I want to walk into a room and have people look up and be like, oh, shit, this bitch smells like eagle fangs, okay? She is not to be trifled with. <laughs> because you can't command respect smelling like a diaper. Girl, that is so hilarious. I wish I was funny, okay? That was so funny to me. But you know, smelling like eagle fangs is not more important than changing diapers when diapers need to be changed. But what that says to me is that there's a time and a place for everything, right? And Good Mother, Bad Woman is about duality. It's about the reality that people are more than one thing. And even the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it says that everything under the sun has a season. And it goes on to list, you know, several of those things. I think verse one through eight, um, there's a time to be born and a time to die. There's a time to break down and build up. There's a time for love and there's a time for war. And listen, love and war are two very different things. They require two different mindsets, two different skill sets and strategies from the same person. God was talking about the same person. Everyone has to be born and everyone has to die. You can be as feminine and dainty as you want, but death, peaceful or painful, is coming your way. Amen? The ability to vacillate between a love and war mindset is required from the individual regardless of gender. Right? Being able to occupy and connect with the masculine and feminine sides of your brain is what makes humans beings. Did you catch that? Did that make sense? Single mothers are not masculine in the negative connotation of the word just because they know how and when to step out of their nurturing roles in order to make sure that she can protect whether she wants to do those things or not, right? Can you grab a rose from a garden without being stuck by thorns? No. You can remove the thorns before offering the rose to your child, right? Before giving them something pretty and beautiful from the world without the child knowing the pain that remains in your hand to deliver it. This is what sacrificial leadership feels like. 
This shit hurts, okay? <laughs> so why would people claim that single mothers are masculine in a bad way? Well, she's probably not very nice all the time, okay? Being efficient is not always synonymous with being approachable, right? Because our hands are filled with thorns, right? <laughs> also, when you're a single mother doing the job of two people, plus raising multiple people and trying to take care of yourself, you learn that exhaustion is first cousins with anger, all right? The two of them run very closely together and don't add alcohol to the mix, honey, because not very many of us are presently happy drunks. And if we are, then most of us are certainly not happy once the drunk wears off. Amen. Speaking for myself as a couple months sober here, but in reality, if femininity is supposed to be synonymous with a certain level of softness in a woman or something that she's supposed to have naturally and forever, then consider this. Think about the initial soft skin on a young foot or a well-pedicured foot, right? If suddenly you had to walk barefoot everywhere you went, the skin on your feet would begin to break and tear, being forced to come in contact with the earth unprotected, right? Without a covering on your foot, your feet still work and your journey is still possible, but there will be some pain along the way that you wouldn't have even known about or considered if you had the benefit of shoes, I'll tell you something silly that several of my married friends have said to me unprovoked. Uh, they call me when their husbands are out of town like Steve Shaw. <laughs> oh my God, Johnny is out of town and I just can't imagine how you do this every day as a single mom. You know, which sounds like a compliment until she says, I had to take the garbage out yesterday and I can't even imagine doing this ever again. <laughs> It's always the damn garbage, right? <laughs> like if I had a dollar for every time one of my very sweet married friends compared the trials of single motherhood to the pain of taking out the garbage, I'd have like $7 by now, okay? <laughs> I mean, like wait till you have to shovel the snow and it's still snowing and you live on the corner, okay? And you might be pregnant, amen? Shout out to the single moms for real. But, but listen, walking barefoot over time, your feet begin to callous from being overused and overworked in those same areas over and over and over again. Amen. Calluses aren't created overnight. They don't come from nowhere, nor do they go away just because somebody finally gives you shoes as a relief. Okay, the, 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 the definition of callus is the hardened skin that has developed over time to protect your foot from the friction and pressure it is constantly exposed to. Amen. Okay, honey, we could preach a whole sermon about earning your calluses as a mother. But listen, there are certain areas of a single mother's life, her heart, her mind that have been hardened from having to deal with the pressures of life without a covering. Amen. Without the protections and benefits of a loving, successful partnership, the journey is still possible. And the kids are okay, but not without the blood sacrifice from mama's most vulnerable places. This is true for single moms. This is true for single married moms or even stay-at-home moms, right? Whoever bears the greater burden of raising the children can understand what I'm talking about, right? So no, I can't desire a relationship with a new man by pretending my broken callous pieces don't exist just to create a soft space for a man to potentially land, right? Because for a single mother, we're not even talking about a man that we're married to yet, right? We're talking about being, quote, feminine enough for a man to consider leading you from a level that you have intentionally lowered to make him feel seen. A lot of us can't do that. It's not that we don't desire love. It's just that feigning softness is not a condition we can meet in exchange for it.
You can draw it out of us, but offering it up front is not always on our priority list. Amen. And listen, that doesn't mean that all men who date single mothers require that type of foolishness, okay? I always give the example of lions, reminding people that, you know, the lion is the king of the jungle, but the lioness is the one who hunts for food. She's a killer. She's a predator. She's not waiting to be fed, but in the presence of her king, she turns into a little pussy cat, okay? The lion didn't match her energy. He has a completely different energy that is strong and perhaps gentle enough to give the killer what she needs to relax, and return to her feminine side. A man looking to date a single mother has a lot more to consider than her exceptional quality of leadership or her portion of feminine energy, right? Listen, for a man to consider you deeply enough to determine that there is no space for him in your life, do you know what that means? It means he's probably right. And you would be right to let him go or to let each other go and take as much space as you need and do to move on, right? Because he's made a calculated decision about his inability to offer value or fit into your family's life with the collection of skills and emotions that his personality contains, right? That doesn't make him weak any more than it makes you too strong or immovable, right? It makes both of you incompatible with each other. And good job. Thanks for doing the work and considering the possibility of us carefully enough and not emotionally. Right? Because people think the opposite of perfect is bad. The opposite of perfect is imperfect or functional, but with flaws. Amen? (laughs) Right? Because the car you're driving right now or the phone you are using is probably several years old and has its share of imperfections, but you still use it every day. Why? Because it works just fine with its imperfections and so do you, sis. Okay? So does he. Moving on doesn't have to be synonymous with hating him either because we certainly don't have the energy to maintain that disposition in general, let alone for someone, uh, you know, who isn't even in our life anymore, right? Well, let's talk about what really happens in some of these gender-triggered conversations and all the trauma buzzwords, right? What is happening in most relationships or courtships is the lack of deep consideration, right? Someone looking at you from a distance and seeing how well put together you are and seeing the tight ship that you run and perhaps the mild level of frustration that comes for you having that comes from you having to hold it all together and they determine hey there's no room for my bullshit no room for my needs to be met and then deciding that that is your problem and not his oh you're single because you're too much for a man who isn't enough right (laughs) girl listen one of my pet peeves is the soapbox that says you know your pattern of habitually attracting a man who isn't enough is a greater sin than consistently being the man who isn't enough okay It's like saying that every time a woman walks in a dark parking lot alone, just trying to get to her apartment, she gets murdered, right? Surely you would have the crowd of people who offer the solution that, well, women should just stop walking alone at night and solve their own problem, right? Taking all the pressure off the killer who kills people unnecessarily, right? I'll say, why did you shoot the unarmed black man who was already on the ground? Well, because he shouldn't have resisted or made me, the one with the gun and the law on my side, irrationally nervous, and everything would have been all right. It's like, at what point do we ask the killer to stop doing murders on people, okay? Well, he's a killer, so he obviously won't listen. He's not interested in societal norms. He he never agreed to comply by societal rules. Girl, I love to hate that response. <laughs> it's like, so what are we? What are we, accommodating the lawless now? Should we insist that rational people learn ways to avoid or disarm the crazy, irrational, or emotionally immature persons in our community? No. 
There has to be a better strategy, just like there has to be another strategy for women to navigate failed relationships and broken families that they did not create by themselves without building their understanding around this concept that boys will be boys and perhaps you're just too masculine for the more dominant species to fit into the family, okay? (laughs) Relationships are voluntary. And I think a more interesting question is at what point do we let people, women, single parents kind of peacefully exist in their space, raise their families as needed without killing their character or self-esteem with our judgment and our standards for their existence? Amen. Moving on to our second point, this notion of hyper-independence being either an intentional thing that single moms do or a response to past trauma. I saw something on social media where a woman was teaching other single, perhaps successful women that the reason they are still single is because they are too masculine to attract a man. But don't worry, male traits and hyper-independent woman syndrome is a trauma response and can be treated if we buy into her course or whatever. (laughs) Do we get a new life in exchange for the traumatic response we're having to our current one, please and thank you? All right. Because, yes, hyper-independence can develop like a callus, right, after being let down by people who promised to help you throughout your life, you know, not not just once you became a mother. And listen, you know, we we can only blame our bad fathers for so much and so long before we eventually have to consider the fact and the reason that so many women are hesitant or hardwired to be hesitant to depend on a man is because so many men can be undependable, Right. But even saying that, I can't even place 100% blame on men without acknowledging the influence that patriarchal society plays in helping or encouraging men to be that way, right? Because it's our human nature, whether we're male or female, to run away from pain or to run towards pleasure. Now, those two things can definitely happen in succession or even independently of each other, right? It's painful to live your life for someone else, whether that is because of marriage or parenthood. And we all have thoughts daily of having the chance to do it all over again, honey, or 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 running away in the meantime, amen? 18 years per person or until death do us part is a long ass time, okay? Can we be honest? <laughs> But if and when men decide they need a break or they can't do the family thing anymore, society provides no anchors for him to stay, right? He has to pull that out of himself. Society says boys will be boys. The mom will take care of the kids. At least you tried, right? Just send her money when you can. Oh, and don't forget, you told her you didn't want to have a baby anyway. You left the kids at the club, but hey, I don't really want to be a dad. (laughs) And off they go, right? And off they go with their perks and their lack of condemnation off to the new woman's sex, drugs and alcohol while mama's $300 in child support is buying diapers, but still can't figure out how to change the diaper. Amen. When is AI going to do that? Okay, Alexa, change this diaper. (laughs) Women want to run away, too. Right. And we we think about it all the time. And contrary to this kind of infantile fairy tale notion that Americans have taught that a child is supposed to be the greatest thing that ever happened to a woman. It's like, what? (laughs) A child is the greatest thing that ever happened to you, sis? It's like, honey, 
you have got to get out a little bit more, live a little bit. Ugh. <laughs> I mean, all these all these organizations that offer, you know, free help to mothers saying, just tell us what's going on, mama. We want to be a listening ear for you. Well, to be honest with you, Miss Social Worker, the reason I never come to your free workshops is because I'm not entirely convinced that you won't call the police after I outline all of my murder fantasies I have for myself or the people around me on a daily basis. <laughs> I'm not saying you can't handle the truth, but I just don't have a truth worth sharing or even to offer you because I've handled it internally and everyone is okay. All right. I know I'm not the only one because look at y'all sitting up here alive and listening to this podcast. Just call your mama and say thank you. Okay. Lord Jesus. And I obviously don't advocate hurting children, but if you actually raise a child on an hourly basis, then you know for sure that they are not always the best thing that has ever happened to you. And then to allow an adult man into your life with all of his whining and his needs for breaks is not something that inspires a gentler side of motherhood, right? And again, that applies to married mothers or single mothers. Lastly, if we kick it up a notch and kind of come out of the weeds of the the gender back and forth, we could say that when it comes to relationships, the containers we use to understand each other are so small, right? I mean, considering how incredibly deep and complex most of us are as human beings and these individuals just desperately trying to be seen as our authentic selves and not the performative self or who we are on the surface. I mean, if you leave the descriptions of feminine energy to a certain type of man, he might be satisfied if she's soft enough to make him a sandwich and give him fellatio on demand, right? A certain type of woman might describe masculinity as his ability to pay for dinner and buy her a designer purse upon request. I mean, could you imagine a God who claimed to make men and women in his own image be the type of God who only cared about sex, food and money? I mean, the complex nature of the environment of ocean, space, the human heart, the the human mind to be created by such a simpleton of a God. Surely not. Right. When it comes to traits, Uh, Traits of personality or traits of psyche, people are inherently masculine and feminine, okay? Gender could play a role as to which side of the spectrum you come into this world naturally, and then you have to get in touch with or discover your other side as you achieve balance. For example, men could learn through their mothers or the women in their life or children, how to tap into their feminine side that produces patience and understanding in him and makes him approachable, right? Or even him more receptive to receiving a more advanced feminine nurturing that comes from an actual woman, right? A woman, on the other hand, could possibly get more in touch with her masculine side by interacting with her father or husband, allowing her to discover that she is far less breakable or fragile than she may have thought, right? Her masculine side may teach her that moving forward is more important sometimes than holding on and staying in place. And even that is an oversimplification of trying to understand masculinity and femininity as traits that exist in one person. Right. Because at this point, can we all agree that people, for the most part, are either born extrovert or introvert? They're born hyper assertive or hypersensitive. Right. I did, um, you know, corporate sales for years and we always had to take personality tests to kind of learn what our natural behavior traits were compared to our adaptive personality traits. Right. So 
like I am naturally shy and I get overwhelmed by people. Um, but I have learned to speak up. I learned to make eye contact. I learned to take initiative in spite of those things, right? There are men who don't want to lead or who are not naturally born leaders and who are not naturally inclined to protect or provide just like there are women who are not instinctively inclined towards servitude and nurturing, right? This is when words like extrovert and introvert come into play when all of the um, INFP, high D, high I personality tests come into play or even zodiac descriptions that start to outline who we are and why we are the way that we are, right? And your reproductive organs have nothing to do with these studies. (laughs) Only in our social conversations do they have as much weight as they do. It's like, is it possible for a Leo or Aries woman to be gentle and nurturing? (laughs) Girl, I don't know because I'm raising both of them and it has yet to be seen, okay? But when we ignore all of this personality, neuroscience and behavioral science and simply sum people up as, you know, women are supposed to be feminine and men are supposed to be masculine and that's that. I believe that creates a lot of the chaos and confusion and identity crisis that we are seeing in most people today. But denying an entire half of yourself exists just because of gender is toxic. My final thought comes from a psychoanalyst named Carl Gustav Ung, or in our language is Jung, J-U-N-G, the J is silent. Um, And he's said to be one of the founders of analytic psychology, right? He worked alongside of Sigmund Freud. But to me, he was the more spiritual version of Freud, right? (laughs) Not nearly as cringy, but uh, Carl Jung, Carl Ung, but uh, Carl Ung uh, developed consciousness theory as well as what we know as uh, the theory of personality. So in other words, he's the reason that we know words like extrovert and introvert. Um, if you've ever taken a Myers-Briggs personality test, those archetypes like INFP, ENFJ are all based on Carl's discovery of personality archetypes. So um, honestly, you know, in fact, if you haven't Uh, taken a Myers-Briggs test recently or ever, you should definitely go to their website. I think it's called 16personalities.com, the number one six. And you can learn a lot about yourself. I mean, I'm an INFP consistently. I take it several times, um, you know, over months or years. And it gives, you know, just extensive results, probably 10 to 12 pages long about how your personality type applies to your job, your friendships, love, even parenting. And I think the full version costs you like $25 or something like that. But it'll tell you, you know, but it will tell you what you are for free and gives a lot of info at no cost. Girl, I make my friends do it, significant other kids, coworkers, everybody, right? So we can coexist better together. So even if you're a Star Wars fan, right, George Lucas has even said that he based the Star Wars story on Joseph Campbell's book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces. And Joseph Campbell talks extensively about how his ideas were shaped by Carl Ung's discovery of the archetypal personality type. So even if you're hearing about Carl Ung for the first time, believe that he's probably influenced your life more than you know, right? (laughs) Here's kind of this like high level interpretation of his definition of masculine and feminine energy as a final thought, right? He said that if you're a man and you expand your femininity or your anima, or if you're a woman expanding her masculinity, your animus, then your management or functioning in the business life or even other relationships will improve tremendously, right? 
because it's about expanding the inferior side of our personality to better prepare us to solve any problems from the two aspects or databases that are masculinity and femininity, right? Now, this description now, this description is coming from the Ungian coaching school, and they go on to interpret Ung by saying femininity has to do with containment, patience, processing, intuition, and circulation, whereas the masculine side of your brain's database deals with linear thinking, rationale, speed, intrusiveness, and logic. Toni Morrison, who was not a psychologist, wrote about masculinity as a trait, describing it as, you know, the rigorous intellect commonly thought of as a male preserve, even though intellect has never been confined to men alone, right? She says the United States formation of racism and hierarchy as a class includes sexism by teaching us that masculinity, above all things, represents power and that those things belong to men, right? Because that's what patriarchy wants. I mean, I even read Betty Friedan's book called The Feminine Mystique. And listen, honey, shout out to all you women who survived motherhood in the 40s and the 50s, where psychologists and magazines were aggressively kind of pushing the notion that a woman's entire identity was to raise her kids, care for her husband, and clean the house in high heels like Joan Cleaver. There was a whole agenda. <laughs> Actual doctors were telling women that they needed a new vacuum cleaner or pots and pans to feel better. That was their diagnosis. Betty called it the problem with no name. And girl, I cringe to even look at the ads or the headlines from that era, even though it's very fascinating because that was only 70 to 80 years ago, right? It wasn't hundreds of years ago. It was yesterday. It was this lifetime. That's why you still have people in the highest court of the land able to create legislation over a woman's womb in 2023 because they were alive during a time when this hierarchy was invented and perpetuated. Men and women are both masculine and feminine individually, and together we create an even more powerful union, right? At some point, one has to think who benefits from us being separated internally and therefore separate from each other in relationship and community, right? Because if we don't know who we are, then it's easier for someone to tell us who we might be or who we should strive to be like, right? Work hard until you die, and when you do it, do it for my company so I don't have to, <laughs> Right. In the meantime, single mothers are not too masculine. You are masculine as part of your natural identity. And girl, guess what? You are doing a good job. OK, you are capable. You are tough. You are strong. You deserve a softer side of life if that's what you desire. And when you is ready, OK, you are tired. You are exhausted. You are the one who stuck around. Girl, you are doing the damn thing. And children are blessed to call you their mother. OK. I'm not above you in the healing process, girl, but I do process my shit. And listen, I apologize for the delay with posting the episodes. I'm still a single mother with three kids. But going forward, you can expect a new episode every Wednesday. Bad Woman Wednesdays. We'll do something with that. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Or you can follow me at Good Mother Bad Woman uh, on your TikTok and Instagram in the meantime. If you like the podcast, please click subscribe. And I would love it if you left a review. I would love to hear from you. And of course, you can reach out to me directly. Until then, talk to you next time. <laughs>